Having children makes you think about the future. We all know that. If, if, we, if it stopped with us, we probably wouldn't be so worried about the future. Because we go, okay, we've got, you know, 40, 50 years left and then it's all over. And if we don't have children, well, everything would go back to nature. That's Rushworth Lou Costa talking about having children in the face of the climate crisis. Lou was a special guest at Shepparton's Beneath the Wisteria on Saturday, March 4 this year. Yes, this is good news. You've found the latest episode of Climate Conversations and I'm your host, Robert McLean. This podcast is assembled here in Shepparton in Northern Victoria, Australia, on the lands of the Yorta Yorta people. Yes, the stolen lands of the Yorta Yorta people, and I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. It's great to have you on board. Beneath the Wisteria was set up in Shepparton more than 10 years ago to give people of the community a chance to think about and talk about how they would respond to the climate crisis. It's held in a very public place, right in the middle of the Maud Street Mill. It used to be beneath the Wisteria, but the Wisteria has been a victim of so-called progress, and it's gone, and lives on only in our imagination. We now have to sit with cars. But if you listen closely, you can hear children playing, as nearby is a children's playground, which seems relevant because this beneath the wisteria was about having children. And for Lou, this whole thing was relevant because as a landscape gardener and a design architect, she had a lot to do with creating children's playgrounds and parks. Let's listen now to what Lou had to say. So what I'm hoping is that this is not me sitting here convincing people whether it's right or wrong to have children in the face of a climate crisis, um, but to have a conversation about it. Because I think essentially, I mean, Les and I became parents quite old. You know, we're not, we're not in our 20s having children. You know, um, they were, they were, it was a decision to have children. It wasn't an accident, you know. It's, it's, uh, it's a conscious decision to have a family. Um, I've read the article that you sent me yesterday, Rob, in the conversation. I don't know if anybody else received that. But it was about the injustices that Rob sort of touched on of, of increasing a population when we know that the wealthy control consumerism and that it's not fair for underprivileged nations to not have a part in consumerism because it means that they're, they're having they're having less opportunity they're having less means to you know be able to get 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 which is what we do um, so so I read that and got really nervous <laughs> because because we're part of this system you know when we talk about the wealthy we are the wealthy even if we haven't got three million dollars plus in our superannuation accounts we are still the wealthy in in relative terms to the rest of the planet generally speaking so it's it's it sort of comes down to more a philosophical question of responsibility and what you're prepared to do and what you're prepared to sacrifice in order to make a decision to raise children knowing not just that they're contributing to the global issue that we're facing now, but what's life going to be like for them? Which is what this minister in Wales is, I suppose, going to try and address. The Wales Government has a Future Generations Act 
and a commissioner for future generations. And there'll be a link for that in the show notes. So there's, there's a real fear um, that we're not only contributing to the, to the problem in the first place by increasing population, but there's this innate fear that they're not gonna know all of the beauty, all of the, all of the opportunity, all of the fearlessness that we grew up with which I think we realise now was an absolute privilege. I, mu I must be clear, one of my biggest fears when we first started talking about having children and making that decision, because it was all IVF, so it was a very purposeful decision to have children. My fears were more based on, at that stage, what the risks they're going to take as teenagers when they're you know, offered drugs, that kind of thing, those personal those, those personal risks they might take because I think when it comes to our fears that they may not experience all the beauty and the wonder that we've been privileged to have is that really ultimately people adapt. We're the most adaptable animal on the planet and whatever they have in the future they will not know what they've missed out on just as we don't know what we missed out on. So they, they will adapt to whatever it is they live with. I do also have to say that we've got quite a number of close friends that have chosen not to have children in our, in our group. We're not, we're not going with the flow in our group. As well as being older, which all our friends have had to, you know, get used to the idea that we've suddenly got kids and we can't go to parties anymore. It can't stay out late anymore. <laughs> um, that we, we, we made that conscious decision knowing that many of our friends have chosen not to have children because of the risk of climate change and because of that contribution to the problem. They don't want to make more contribution to the problem. Saying that, a lot of our friends still eat meat, still drive cars, still do a lot of other things that contribute to the problem. Still consumers. Even if we try not to be consumers, we still are. We still buy everything we need every day. Um, if we're lacking something, we don't have to wait and wait and wait for it. We just go and get it. We're not, we're not living in poverty. Uh, so, so there is a real, there is a real tension. There is a real struggle. There is a real, a real, a real worry about the future. But. If it comes down to us taking responsibility for our actions, and here I'm going to sort of say, um, for us it was personal. There are no children in our family. On both sides of the family, Les and I are the only people in our family to have children. So our children don't have any cousins. We don't have one of these burgeoning families where there's cousins everywhere and Christmases are enormous and, you know, it's just going on and on and on and exponentially growing every year, like many of the people that I know, that's the sort of thing that's happening. We're actually, we're actually dying out. <laughs> we are actually, our families on both sides are actually dying out. So in that way, we felt, you know, it's not that bad to replace ourselves. So we had thought about, you know, if there were cousins and kids everywhere and, our, and both grandparents, both, you know, sides of the family had grandchildren, maybe it would have been different. Not that we ever felt a responsibility and we were never made to feel that way, 
but um, there's, you know, there's a few more personal decisions that we're making rather than global decisions. The other thing is having children makes you think about the future. We all know that. If, if, we, if it stopped with us, we probably wouldn't be so worried about the future. Because you go, okay, we've got, you know, 40, 50 years left and then it's all over. And if we don't have children, well, everything would go back to nature. So we wouldn't be worried at all. Having children makes us think about the future. It makes, I mean, I'm pretty active anyway, but it gives you a cause. It gives you something to live for. It gives you something to die for. Like having children literally gives you something you would put your life on the line for. You would almost unthinkingly risk your own life to save your child. And I think that that's where the, the, the key is here, that children are our insurance policy for the planet. They are the things that are gonna make us wanna act more vigorously. I mean, children themselves are acting more vigorously across the planet. And, but little do they know, there's a whole heap of adults that have been trying to do that for a long time. It's, it's the process of us working together, all the generations working together for a common cause that I think is going to change things in my, in my you know, ideal world. We need the children. The children are the stepping stones to that future that we're dreaming of where, you know, hopefully there can be more equality but also less of this, um, you know, consumer madness. But also... We can't lose sight of the fact that in the scale of time and, you know, the formation of the universe, we are a fraction of a second before midnight. Humanity as a whole is a fraction of a second, has, has occurred a fraction of a second before midnight. We're still evolving. Now, without children, we won't evolve. And I see my four-year-old talking about his, how he's going to... He wants to be a racing car driver, but, Mum, it's an electric racing car. It's an electric racing car and he won't walk past a piece of rubbish without picking it up and he looks into the sky and sees a wedge-tailed eagle and says, Bunjil. He's got the vocabulary and the narrative that we need to take us into the future. Because if people like us don't have children, where is that, where is that um, knowledge that we have going to end up? It, it will die out as well, just like Les and I, you know, just like our two families, it will become extinct. So I think that philosophically, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a way for us to keep working towards the future, because they represent the future. But it, and I'm not saying they should take responsibility for our mistakes, but by default, they will. They will, because they're better educated, they have all of our collective, our collective knowledge, and they have all of our collective care. The only thing that we have to do is be more responsible for what they grow learning about, you know? So, I mean, it, 
once again, back to us, our personal story, we're doing everything we possibly can to give them the right education. So, you know, we, just, just like we've decided not to board a plane again, if we're going to travel, we'll travel, you know, by boat. Um, we're also, you know, revegetating the landscape, we're living off grid, we're all electric, we try to minimise our consumerism, we use less, we grow our own food, all of those things that I suppose convince us that we're taking responsibility for our action of contributing to the massive problem that's climate change. Um, so at that point, it'd be nice to have a conversation and see what other people think. Because, you know, this fella might be right. Um, John, John mentioned that on a Facebook comment. Uh, some bloke said, um, if, you, if you're reconsidering having children because of climate change, you shouldn't be having children. I know a lot of people that aren't having children because of, you know, the risk of climate change. But, but I mean, most of you have got children or grandchildren. What do you think? And what do you think about what I think? And what do I think, Lou? I think that was wonderful. It was provocative and it all made us think much more deeply about the place for children in this challenging future. Thank you. It was wonderful. Most people in a small audience agreed with what Lou said and the reflections were all more or less in tune with what she talked about. Links for those two websites that Lou mentioned will be in the show notes. And so, yes, we've reached the end of this episode of Climate Conversations. Thanks so much for your company. And until we talk again, please take care, stay safe, and please be kind. For everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. And please, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with your friends. In fact, I'd love you to share it with your friends, as the climate crisis is one of those issues about which we should all know all we possibly can. So until we talk again, please take care.